If you would, uh, go ahead and get your Bibles out. We're going to be um, in Colossians chapter 1 tonight. We'll be continuing our series in Colossians that we've titled Rooted in Christ. We're going to hop back in to Colossians 1, starting in verse 9 through 14 this evening. And as you're doing that, um, I, love to, I love to hear about how we're praying for one another. Um, I, I've heard it through small groups and, and seen through small groups and seen... Uh, just through having service at night and, and, and through the, the core group stage, how much we have, I've just heard the people say, our people say like, hey, I'm praying for you. Or, or literally just stopping in the middle and saying, hey, can I pray for you right now? And, and I just, I, I love it. I love it so much. And, and this morning, um, I, I had the opportunity, like I said, and Brad had the opportunity to lead worship and I had the opportunity to, to preach one last time at Doxa Bible Church, our sending church. And after I was done, uh, a bunch of people had come up to me and just told me over and over again, hey, we're praying for you, we're praying for your family, we're praying for the church, we're praying for your people. And it was just so encouraging and uplifting to, to hear that, that we were being prayed for. It, it lifts me up, it strengthens me to let me know that brothers and sisters in Christ are praying for me and my family and for us as a church and for the individual people uh, in this group. And so... Um, and as a, as a church a few months ago, we, we discussed, in fact, the importance of prayer, both as a church and in our personal lives. And so particularly, particularly we discussed the importance of unceasing prayer, right, which we talked about was one of our pillars, our foundational pillars here at The Rock. And, and we, we dove into what it meant to pray unceasingly. And so tonight in, in Colossians 1 in the text, we're going to see how how important our reliance on God through prayer is. Right? Paul's going to show us uh, a model. He's going to model both the importance of prayer itself and the importance of praying for others, doing work in the ministry, doing work in the city. And so Paul's going to lead us to one centralized big idea here. He's going to lead us to a main point, and that point today is this, that as a people rooted in the gospel, we must be a people that pray unceasingly. He's going to show us the importance, the structure, the power of prayer in this text today. So open your Bibles with me. We'll be in Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Read with me, church. And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So as we see here, Paul's opening up this section of text, and he's praying for the church at Colossae. He's not only just praying for the people at the church at Colossae, he's also showing us, uh, showing us both, them and, and us today, the importance of unceasing prayer. Right, he's letting the church there know, and he's letting us know as readers this evening, what it's important to pray for. And so our first point tonight, what we're going to see in the first couple of verses of this text is that as a people rooted in prayer, we must pray unceasingly for God to equip us 
to walk well with him. Now, if you weren't here last week, as we, as we dove in and, and set up the first series, or the first chapter, I'm sorry, the first series in here in Colossians, um, I want to uh, give us just a bit of a recap. Um, we know that Paul has never been to this church in Colossae. We talked about that last week. If, if, uh, I'm sorry, we found out last week that uh, Paul didn't plant his church directly. Right, Epaphras, his, his brother in Christ, planted the church in Colossae. In fact, we know that because of the gospel message in Ephesus, Epaphras had heard that message, went back to his hometown in Colossae, and then began to preach the gospel, and it began to take a foothold in the area, and then Jesus planted a church there. So Paul now, we know, has never met personally the people that he's writing this letter to. And in the introduction of this letter, Paul is, is letting the people know that he is pleased to hear that the gospel has made an impact in this area. He's pleased to hear that the gospel has made it to Colossae and that the people there have responded to it and it's transformed them. We talked about that last week, how the gospel, the true gospel, transforms us. And so Paul's writing this letter, he opens it up, showing his pleasure to hear that the gospel has taken a foothold in this place and that it's spreading. That the people there who are believing are continuing to bear fruit. However, we're going to find out as we keep moving through this text that Paul's writing this letter primary, primarily to address an issue. And to recap that issue from last week, the issue is that it's growing in this church in Colossae is that very influential but false teachers have worked their way into the church and the teachers are preaching against Jesus and his gospel. Right? We, we talked last week they're teaching knowledge over faith, right? enlightenment over faith, their own wisdom, worldly wisdom over faith in Jesus. They were teaching these people and pushing these people to worship multiple gods, to, to worship idols, to even worship angels. And so as we work through this text, Paul's going to be pushing back against that. And these false teachers, as they're teaching knowledge over faith, what they're really teaching here is self-wisdom is the basis of, of belief for them. right? Their own self-wisdom. But Paul's going to show us here that Jesus and his word are the basis for wisdom. Knowledge of his word is what guides us. It's what guides our lives, right? It's the word itself that guides us. Again, read with me uh, verses 9 through 11. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him, then it says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power and according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So this, what Paul's doing here is, is he's showing us in this text and showing the people at the church in Colossae that they must rely on God for equipping their walk. Right? Through prayer... They need to lean in and ask for these things. They need to rely here on Jesus to equip them to walk worthy of the Lord. Paul's showing us here that this is done primarily through unceasing prayer. Right? He, he opens up and says, we have not ceased to pray for you. As a church, as, as, a, as a body of believers, this has to be what we do. We have to pray unceasingly. Not only for the church, but also in our personal lives. 
And so I want to ask a question tonight as you're sitting in your seat. Are we doing this? Right, are, we, are we praying unceasingly in our personal lives? Are we praying unceasingly for the church? Are we falling short in this category? Because the Bible tells us here that we cannot stand on our own here. Right? We cannot stand on our own two feet here. We must rely on Jesus to equip us for this work. He must sustain us in our prayer. As we move through the end of the text, Paul shows us that we don't just pray asking for what we need. We also pray for the victory that he has provided us. Keep reading with me here uh, in verses 12 through 14. Paul says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now here Paul is showing us that, that we must celebrate and give thanks to the Lord for, the sal- for salvation through Jesus. Right? What he's showing us here in this second point tonight is that as a people rooted in prayer, we must be, pray thanks for what God has already provided, and that is the salvation through Jesus. Right? It's the, the true gospel that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and resurrected on the third day to defeat sin and defeat death so we could have eternal life through him. That is the basis of our faith. That is the base of, basis of our knowledge. That is the basis of our wisdom, and it comes straight from God's word. When we're a people rooted in the gospel, when we are a people rooted in prayer, we will worship and thank Jesus for the gospel message that he's given us. Right? As followers of Jesus, we must lean into him for all of our equipping and our praise. We praise him for our, the ability to walk in him as saints in the light. Right? It says again here in verse 12, give, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We must be a people in a church that does this. If we look on in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, Paul says there, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, Christ Jesus, for you. He tells us, rejoice, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Right? There is power in prayer. There is power in our unceasing prayer. And we see that in Paul's writing. And this whole section of text here, understand that he's taking the time to pray for a church that he's never seen. Right? He's never been to it. But he knows the power of prayer. Paul knows the power of prayer. And he's praying for this church that he's never been to, for people he does not know personally, that they would know God, understand his will for them, that they would continue to bear fruit and walk in a manner pleasing to him. And that's what Paul's praying for here. And as a, as a body of Christ church, this is how we should be praying. Both for our own church, both for the rock, and for the gospel advancement throughout the city and in our homes and in our families, Right? We must remain steadfast in prayer for our brothers and sisters working to spread the gospel, just as Paul's doing here. We must remain in prayer for the local churches, that they would know God, that they would know his will for them, that he would know, they would know the mission that he has for them. 
and in our personal lives, we must be prayerfully seeking Jesus and his wisdom and righteousness daily. We must be a people rooted in unceasing prayer. And as a church that's growing, as a church that's being planted in this city, that's, that's where not only our wisdom, the basis of our faith, but the only way that we stay in God's will, the only way that we as a church can do nothing in vain is to be in continual prayer for knowledge of God's will, for his equipping of us, for his sending us out. All of this happens through our unceasing prayer as a church and in our personal lives. Again, we must be a people rooted in unceasing prayer and prayerfully depending on Jesus. So I want to take some time tonight. We uh, kind of ended this early so we could take a moment here and just sit and pray. Pray that the Lord is equipping you as a disciple. Pray that the Lord is equipping us as a church to be welcoming, to be a church that is prepared and ready to share the gospel a church that's ready and prepared to bear one another's burdens, a church that's ready and prepared to go out, proclaim Jesus, and advance the kingdom. And, and pray for the other churches in this city, that they too are feeling this push by Jesus to go out and do this work. Because we know, guys, that, that the harvest is ripe here. Right? It's ripe. There are people here that are lost and broken, and they have a need they just don't know what it is, but we know that it's Jesus. Like we know that Jesus is the only rescuer, the only healer. So I want to take some time tonight. Take it, we'll take about five minutes here. Just right in your seat. We'll have some silence. We're just going to pray as a church together for the people of this city, for the churches of the city, and for our church and our individual people that, we, that the Lord equips us, just as, as Colossians 1 states. Just as, it's just Paul's prayer for this church. We pray for the will uh, that we are filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so we can walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Let's pray for that now, church.